Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I'm John Ledyard from FanRagSports.com along with Trevor Sycamo of PewterReport.com who covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we are chatting about the draft needs, offseason outlooks, uh, so on and so forth pertaining to all the teams in the NFL Draft. We went through teams one through four uh, on Monday. Uh, on Tuesday, we went through the next four teams. And today we're tackling teams drafting nine through 12. We don't even know who's drafting nine, though, and we don't know who's drafting at ten. We know the 49ers and the Raiders, but they got to flip a live coin. coin flip? Are you doing the live coin flip? Do you have a coin? Um, hang on. Stand by. You can't. You can't lie to the people. You can't fake a coin flip, dude. I'm not faking a coin flip, but it's gonna be. It's gonna be a little a little mini whiteboard. That's what we're flipping. Okay. <laughs> okay. Go on heads or tails. Uh, all right. The Raiders are heads. And the 49ers are tails. Okay, here we go. (laughs) You can literally hear it hit the (laughs) ground. It is tails. The 49ers are on the clock at number nine. What what an interesting spot to be in. I kind of was an advocate for the 49ers in the season, and I was like, you know, the more this team loses, the better off it is. Because if they've got a high-value pick and Garoppolo's the guy, everybody's going to try and trade up. And imagine if San Francisco was sitting at number three right now. Like they can hold yeah. Kings or number two, you know, they, 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 can, hold, they can trade back to number nine oh and number nine is a good spot. Yeah. Like they would be holding ransom over that pick. I mean, they really? could drive up that price because there's going to be competition for it. And teams know not only do they not need a quarterback, they, they could trade out of that spot and feel fine. You know, it's not like the Colts were like, you got to get a pass rusher, like elite one and Bradley Chubb's right there. The four hours just drafted Solomon Thomas. They've got Buckner. They've got Armstead. You know, I know all these guys aren't elite pass rushers, but you know, that's what they're hoping to, to have. Um, so they're in a very interesting spot, I think, where they could do a couple different things if they were higher, you know, including holding that pick for ransom, like I said, and trading down now at nine, they're definitely not trading up, but they could trade back a little bit more. But at this point, they kind of feel like they're locked in there. I really feel like most of the teams we'll talk about today, they're kind of settled into their spot and sure they might move one or two places if that's options on the table you can never rule that out but in terms of moving way down or something like that for like the bills spot i don't know i don't know if that's what the 49ers do i think that they need some they need some of the players that will be available at this point in the draft i mean i know maybe it won't be roquan smith but he paired with reuben foster would be nuts like they have a chance to and john lynch has the chance to like truly pick a top five talent best player available even if it's in number nine. Oh yeah because chances are that there's probably going to be a quarterback frenzy at the front um bradley chubb's gotta go somewhere before this because he's the he's the lone pass rusher at the top of the class um quinn nelson comes into play you know an offensive tackle is going to come into play we don't know who it is yet we haven't had the combine we haven't heard what teams like a certain guys but like an offensive tackle is going to threaten this top 10 it's just going to happen this is the nfl so instead the 49ers get to sit here and they might be staring at roquan smith or making fitzpatrick and get to choose whoever they want absolutely and i i have to think that john lynch john lynch has got to be in this mindset that i have my quarterback we saw what the 49ers could do with just kyle shanahan and jimmy g last year i can pick the best player at any position sure. that I want. Yeah. And I, I agree with you, man. I, I know, you know, linebacker is something that's often plug and play. There's not a ton of emphasis with it when you compare it to certain other positions in the game. But Rokon Smith and Ruben Foster. Oh my gosh. <laughs> bro, you could you could 
it, you could set up a nickel formation outside of that where you would literally never have to get out of nickel. Yeah. I mean, you really, like that, you'd never have to would, go dime with those guys. That would be such a luxury. You would never have to go. You, it's almost like you would never have to go base or dime or anything. You could just stay in nickel, and they yeah. could do it. I mean, uh, you would play Foster at Mike. You would play Roquan Smith at the Will linebacker spot, and yes. then you would have in front of them guys like Buckner and Thomas. I mean, they spent a lot on this defensive line. They almost need these guys need to make it work almost at that point. Now, maybe you do prioritize a pass rusher. I mean, I think you do on day two. You know, I think you need a Leo for that type of defense that they run. It's not going to be Doomerville forever. Mm-hmm. There might not be anybody that really fits that bill on the roster. I think you've got really good players, but again, you've got to get you've got to be able to find another pass rusher. I just don't think unless Chubb's on the board, it's in the first round. If he's there at nine, maybe you think about that. But I think you're right. I think Roquan Smith makes more sense than people are going to be willing to admit. Now I know it's two linebackers in the first round back to back years, but those are game changer types, man. Like those right, are right. elite are of the elite. Rare players. <laughs> yeah. And it could be a great fit because Ruben is great at the mic and Roquan can play there if you need him to as well. But he, man, he would be just deadly as a well linebacker. So it would be a, a really enticing. And remember Robert Saleh, their defensive coordinator, he comes from Seattle where they had KJ Wright and Bobby Wagner. And so, Yep. He knows yep. what elite linebacker play can do for you and how often Seattle's in nickel and how they hardly ever need to get out of it because those guys can do so many different things. And so it, it could be really valuable to him, but corner is going to be tempting because this team, they don't even have that many. They've spent a lot on defense. You know, we'll get to the offensive side too, but Minka with, you know, Akella Witherspoon flashed as a rookie. I think they're excited about him. Kawan Williams probably is their nickel. Dante Johnson's a free agent. He's not great. You know, they don't really have anybody else to speak of, honestly, in the cornerback room. Even if they like Adrian Colbert at safety, and you know the, the, the free safety is is still definitely up in the air, and Minka could play that role, and I mean he could just fill a lot of roles for this team. And I know Jimmy Ward's been hurt a lot and hasn't really panned out on the player that they wanted him to be. And I just think if you look at Minka Fitzpatrick and what he offers, the 49ers could absolutely find a role for him where he is a stud for this team because that's one of the huge holes for this unit is they need a game changer in the secondary. Right now, they just do not have one. He would bring a whole different mentality to that group. I wonder. I wonder where Mika plays with San Francisco because I think that they have the. It's a weird way to say it, but they have the luxury of not really having anybody solidified at any of their uh, secondary spots too much, and really they would get the chance to play Mika wherever they wanted. Um, I wrote an article over PeterReport.com that came out today. It's my cover three, and it goes over Mika Fitzpatrick and. Um, mm-hmm. I looked at a lot of his different game tape because the question is, you know, I think people are plenty confident that Megan can play as a nickel cornerback. And I am one of the people that thinks that you having a good, even an elite nickel cornerback is a big deal in today's NFL. So I don't really have a problem with that. But in terms of like his draft value, where you're going to draft him, um, drafting him as nickel is a little bit more of a luxury. You would kind of already have to have a CB1 on your team or at least a guy who you think is trending that way. Not sure the Niners have that, so I wonder where he's going to play for them. Because I, after the film review that I did, and I break it down in a lot more detail in the article, I think that Minka can play outside cornerback. Mm-hmm. But do the 49ers, do the rest of the teams in the NFL, right. is that still ultimately going to happen? I think he's skilled plenty in that area, but I wonder if that's what's going to happen. Um, so I like him for the 49ers. I like him being there. 
I just wonder where they're going to play him. Right. And I think that you, he's probably a guy that, you know, he's not just a true nickel no matter where he goes. You know, he's going to probably play some safety for a team. You know, he allows him to roll coverages and do some things like Tyron Matthew did, you know, especially in his prime in Arizona, you know, play all over. He's going to be a terrific run defender and blitzer from that position. I think he can match up with receivers, though. I mean, you move a top-quality guy into the slot, you know, he can be able to defend them. In tight end in the slot, he can be able to defend them. So, man, it'll give you a ton of uh, versatility with the secondary. So, I mean, obviously he's a great piece. They need a running back, though, too. I, I, you know, I would say if Saquon Barkley's on the board at this point, which I know we don't think that he will be, but there is that outside possibility. Running backs do slide, and I could see it happening. Um, you know, I don't – it would be hard for Shannon to ignore, I think, but based on, you know, kind of – history with running backs i would say he probably doesn't see the need to draft one in the first round with other needs uh, i also think of quentin nelson's on the board man imagine an offensive line of you know tackles really not a need for the 49ers because joe staley's still there and you know even though he's not necessarily the player he once was i don't think that they're going to be ready to move on from him given the fact that they haven't tried to trade him or trade him or move him at all uh but he and with trent brown becoming one of the better right tackles in the league that's not really a priority but Man, Josh Garnett comes back from injury, and you've got Quentin Nelson there. I mean, those are two of the nastiest, most physical guards that I've ever scouted. Now you got both of them playing on the same team. Whew, I mean, there's a lot of different things that they can do with that group um, that's going to make it fun uh, to watch the 49ers if he is on the board. I really think they could favor Nelson on the board. You know, they need a wideout, too. So the 49ers have plenty of needs. Trading down really isn't off the table to stockpile more picks, but I also think there's going to be – it's likely there's a player on the board at nine that really appeals to them. So – if they get the ninth spot, it could be the tug of war over Roquan Smith because I think like everybody and their grandmother mocks Roquan Smith to the Raiders, right? I mean, Hammer Minka, it's those two guys again, right? Yeah, probably. I mean, and, and then Garen Conley comes back into the mix for the Raiders yeah. next season. So how big and neat is corner? And, you know, I really think they're going to roll with Obi Malfonwu and, and Carl Joseph at safety. So. I think Minka does fall off a little bit as it pertains to the Raiders, but they did. They just cut David Amerson, and Sean Smith played poorly and could be on his way out as well. So they very well could need another outside corner. But it would be it would be an outside corner for the Raiders. I don't know that they, you know, there would be a ton of question about that. Conley has more flexibility. Here's a question. Is Tremaine Edmonds in play this high for the Raiders? Yeah, I think he is. So, yeah. I think Tremaine Edmonds and, and Roquan Smith both are in play from this range. Now, I'm done with. My, I'm not finished with my Tremaine Edmonds evaluation just yet, so I'm not sure exactly where I'm going to come down on him. Um, Roquan, I I would be surprised if I like him more than I like Roquan. But no, no, no. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, mean, I think. I mean, I know some people did. Kyle Krabs, NDT scouting, a bunch of those guys. They like him more than uh, they might like Tremaine Edmonds more than Roquan Smith. I, man, Roquan Smith's tape blew my mind. I think he's. He's a mint prospect, um, but I don't really know how you get much better than Roquan. So. Yeah, I don't either. So, I, but I think Edmonds will be on the board for the Raiders, and I think Edmonds will be on the board for uh, Miami as well. We'll talk about next, but yeah, I think the Raiders. You're, I think you're right. Actually, looking at them, cornerback could be a priority. I mean, this that's is, what I'm saying. Yeah, because you know? outside of Conley, I don't know what they count on. Travis Carey's a free agent, and he's average at best. And Sean Smith's been a dud, and Amerson already got cut, and. You know, I'm looking at their injured reserve group, and I don't see definitely, anybody here. They definitely need linebacker help for sure, but it's just a matter of like, are would they would be willing to take one still if Roquan's not on the board? Because yeah. I like again, yeah, I like Minka. Um, I think that Minka actually going to the Raiders actually forces him to play on the outside, which I uh, enjoy the thought of. But is that the move that they want to do? Right. I'm not, I'm not and, sure. And at this I'm point, you know, they're probably 
just going to settle for what Bruce Irvin offers off the edge because they need another pass rusher opposite Khalil Mack, but I don't see it happening in the first round. I really right. don't. Right, like are they going to take Landry this high? Right, I just eh. I can't see it. I can't see a path for that. Um, you know, in the defensive line, again, it's not perfect, but it's probably a group you have to live with. You did a you did a Landry write-up um, yeah. a couple days ago, right? Just give mm-hmm. like a brief synopsis of that, just for people who um, haven't yeah. read it, maybe need to go read more of it. What do you think of Landry? Um, he's an interesting prospect because he mostly wins with kind of speed and bend off the edge and he doesn't really counter back inside. He doesn't really have much of a power rush move. He'll, he'll do a long arm move where he can get some movement on tackles with poor pad level and hand usage. But I just, I think he's really going to be kind of a speed bend guy in the NFL. He, his hands are a little bit better at the top of the arc than Vic Beasley's were. Um, so I think that he's not as raw as Beasley and he's a better run defender, bigger guy. I think, I think he's going to bigger, longer frame. Um, and he's honestly a pretty good run defender. Like he's not Bradley Chubb in the run defense, but he does his job pretty well. Um, so I think that he won't be a liability to you, but I don't know that he's not nearly as refined as Chubb. Whereas I talk about Chubb as being a guy who can like be, can, can win inside of you, can win through you and can win around you on the outside. Landry is pretty much just going to beat you outside. Um, you know, he just really doesn't have a whole lot more in the repertoire right now. Now he has that speed burst, so he can he can work speed counter moves. He just doesn't do it right now. So there's a lot more he can learn. Beasley still hasn't learned that. So I don't know. You know, he's one guy. I'm not going to say that's every case for for just pure speed bend guys, but um, I do think Landry is a little more savvy as a rusher. But a lot of his a lot of his rushes just kind of die out at the top of the arc, and he doesn't really have a plan. So you know, the flashes with Landry are great. Uh, his 2016 16 tape was really, I mean, it showed you kind of what you're getting with a guy like that. And it certainly could be useful to the Raiders, but this is kind of the range for him. If the 49ers and the Raiders don't bite, next couple teams probably isn't going to be on the radar. You know what, you got uh, Miami, they just took Charles Harris. You know, the Bengals are set with Carl Lawson and Jordan Willis. Um, I think, was it Washington after that? Washington obviously has like a gazillion edges, Kerrigan and Preston Smith and Ryan Anderson for some reason. And uh, what's his face is back next year. Uh, the other guy that they have on there, uh, what's his name? Freaking the guy that got suspended for voids. What's his freaking name? Trent Murphy. Um, and uh, he's and junior Galat's there too. So they have like a gazillion edges, but I could see uh, the Packers being interested in Landry. We'll get that's to that what later. I said. I said, I said that to a friend yesterday. He was talking yeah. about Marcus Davenport and, um, one of the things that the, the way he opened up the conversation, it was funny. He said, uh, why does draft Twitter hate Marcus Davenport? And I had to explain to him, it's, it's not that like we hate Marcus Davenport. It's that we're reading that Marcus Davenport is being mocked in the top 10. And so we're trying to be like, no, he, he shouldn't be mocked in the top 10. I like Marcus Davenport. I think he has a lot of nice tools and some nice building blocks, but like right. he's we not hate the never, narrative, never, not the player. Like he is not the, he's not an every down lineman at this point. And right you're drafting a situational player for his first two years at number what at like like seven overall like for the bucks like he's been mocked to like you just can't do that right and so then he talked about also the packers possibly having davenport at um what are they picking 15 14 14 yeah 14 yeah and um i said to him harold landry is the guy that you want at 14 it's not oh yeah landry is far superior prospect um there all right, so anyways, back on track. Going to the Dolphins now. Yes, um, although Dolphins. the Raiders could also, it worth, worth mentioning, the Raiders are one of the few teams that I could see targeting offensive tackle because right tackle is shaky and left tackle is David Sharp, the guy for the future, because Donald Penn's career is ending soon. So 
they're going to have to try and decide, do we want to prioritize the defense because it's been so bad? And, you know, John Gruden's a big pick for him. You know, I mean, wide receiver group could use upgrading. You know, running back, is Marshawn Lynch going to be back? If not, they have no running back, you know. So the Raiders all of a sudden have a lot of holes. Um, and so he's going to have to kind of decide where he wants to best use those resources. Um, Dolphins. Mm, you know. Take one? If he's on the board, no, I really don't think so. Kenyon Drake played great. Yeah, I think but they're gonna live with how them. much are you going to depend on Kenyon Drake? I like Kenyon Drake too, but... I think they're going to roll with him. Really? Yeah, okay. I think they're going to roll with him. He was great. I, I'm surprised as you are. I mean, I didn't I didn't think we'd ever see that from Kenyon Drake, but I mean, I don't know. He was really good. I mean, they'll draft somebody later, but I don't think it'll be a top priority for them. I mean, if Barkley's on the board, it might be like a Laramie Tunsil situation where like, holy crap, we just got to you know grab a guy, but... I don't know if they lose Jarvis Landry, I, you know, I, wide receiver wouldn't shock me because Gase kind of seems like he's prioritized keeping Kenny Stills around and Devontae Parker just hasn't developed. So what do you, what do you really have? I would expect them to kind of go after things in free agency maybe a little bit, but you know, this is a team that could have a clear hole there. If there's any way Quentin Nelson's on the board, it's, there's no way, right? I mean, guard is a huge need for there's the no way he's getting there or there's no way they don't pick there's him. no way he's on the board but also no way that Maybe. they don't pick him he's a guard i don't know you know man i would be i'd be floored if he's there i don't even we i like just forget it there's no not even a conversation the dolphins need guard so bad you know interior offensive line in general pouncey just can't stay healthy yeah Asiata, i think yeah. played toward the end of the year but ted larson and yeah i think quinn is a really great pick for them yeah, I mean, that would be huge for them uh, if they were able to nap him. But really, I know Gase is going to want to talk about uh, the offensive side of the ball, and he honestly, he's kind of, I don't know, he's kind of dug his grave on defense, right? I mean, I don't know where they go on defense. It's not a great unit, but you paid Kiko Alonso big bucks. Yeah, you, you brought in Lawrence Timmons. Like, you kind of got to deal with the group that you got. You're not going to draft. A th- I mean, maybe you draft Jermaine Edmonds if he's there, but – I don't know, the more I think about it, you know, this is a group with Alonzo and Timmons and you drafted Raekwon McMillan and he's back in the fold next year. And, you know, so, I mean, I, I just feel like you kind of have to roll with that group and you got Cameron Wake and Sue and you're paying Sue big money and, and Wake and, you know, uh, Charles Harris, you just drafted in the first round. Andre Branches is a guy you brought back and Jordan Phillips, you drafted and he's been hot and cold, but, you know, Davin Godshaw showed up last year. So I really think that front seven on defense the more I think about it, and I've mocked them Tremaine Edmonds too, but the more I think about it, I think they kind of just roll with that group. And even in the secondary, you know, Xavier Howard finally flashed at the end of the year. And, you know, Cordray Tankersley was a third-round pick that played well. Rashad Jones, TJ McDonald, maybe you take a depth guy. But I'm I'm not sure they don't focus solely on the offensive side of the ball in this draft, either an offensive lineman or a wide receiver, or maybe it is a running back. Also, could the Dolphins be a quarterback wild card? I mean... It can't be totally ruled out, right? I mean, I don't. The Dolphins are death taxes, and the Dolphins going eight and eight, dude. I don't know. Like, so they got to get they got to get a bad quarterback. I just can't. The Dolphins have like never been a threat to any playoffs to me. Not so, in our lifetime. Well, even yeah, like, even I on just, Marino, I don't, I don't know. Like the Dolphins are always just like super meh. They're either seven, nine, eight, and eight, or nine and seven, like forever. Yeah, I mean, and like maybe that'll make you the playoffs one year, but you'll so get at bounced. So, what point do they try and say, you know, we got to go for it? Gase has to know he's on. I mean, this past year was bad. There was a lot of fractures in the locker Him room. Him trading Jay Ajayi looks really bad. 
Does it? I don't think it does. Kenyon Drake was awesome, and Ajayi didn't even lead the team in rushing in the Super Bowl or any other game. He was splitting time. Yeah, but he was still, like, way more effective. I don't... I thought LeGarrette Blunt was better than Ajayi in the Super Bowl and in the playoffs. Ajayi rushed for, like, 400 yards in two games last year or whatever. (laughs) I'll look at his exact numbers right now. He had nine carries for 57 yards in the Super Bowl. He he had that 126-yard run. Blunt had 14 for 90. I mean, everybody looked good. Corey Clement was like just a six-round like, guy. That's what I'm saying. Like, it doesn't look good when you trade a guy to another team and he turns the piece that you just casted off into a role player that wins a Super Bowl team. Yeah, but a like, role I'm not player. saying he was like revolutionary, but like this has to look bad for Gase because this is a player that he gave he quite literally just gave up on. And another team went, yeah, okay, I'm actually a smart coach, so I'm going to use him right, and we're going to win the Super Bowl. See, from what I, we've heard, there was fractures in that locker room because of Ajayi and because of his attitude. So, And I get it as a coach, but, yeah, you got to have a plan B. And, I mean, Kenyon Drake— well, I, think, I think I go deeper than that and think, okay, well, then why is there such a fracture? I think that also has to do with— I think, I think the Dolphins end up being fine from this. I really do. I don't think it ends up being a big I mean, concern. I don't, I don't know if it's like a big concern. I just think it looks bad. I don't know. Drake came in and averaged almost five yards because a Because if Ajayi was such a problem with the Dolphins, then why? Well, I think Ajayi That's wasn't doing thing. anything in Miami. Like he That's was, my thing. He was averaging that, 3.4 yards a carry. Right, right, But I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about like in the locker room, like you just said, like the reason why they got rid of him. Ajayi, oh, what was he doing? Like Ajayi was the only offensive thing they had a year ago. They handed him the ball like thirty times, and like we said, like he had those two two hundred yard rushing games, which is the most absurd thing I've ever seen. Right? He, he had three to three of them. He ran over the Steelers' defense with like three guys out of the lineup, and the Bills' so rush defense is the worst in the league. How do you get to a point where that guy hates being there so much that he's a locker room problem? Well, that's on you. Maybe, but they did give him opportunity. He had 138 carries in seven games. Yeah, no, I'm like he, he, gave, was still he got more opportunity there than he yeah, did with Philadelphia. Still the work, he was still the workhorse back. I'm not even talking about on the field. Like, how, why was he so mad? You mean like keep he goes him healthy? The, he goes to the keep Eagles and Jay Ajayi looks like the happiest kid in the world. Like he embraced Philly like none other. Well, sure, they're they're winning. <laughs> I, I know, and like I know that winning makes it easier, but. Maybe I don't know. I, I mean, I, it's hard for me to be super critical of a guy because I don't. Well, I don't know. Maybe it was Gase's issue. It might might have been. I. But all I know is that on the field, the things that I do know, a guy was oh, 138 carries. He was averaging 3.4 yards a carry in Miami, and he did not score in the first seven games of the year. He was It'd doing a whole bunch of nothing. 3.4 would be elite in Tampa. <laughs> you take Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake comes in. He's just under five yards a carry. 644 yards rushing. He scored three but times. How can you not caught make another touchdown. Both is what I'm saying. I don't know. I don't know, man. I, don't I know. think it'll I, end up being okay, though. I tend, I tend to blame, I tend to blame locker room and culture a little bit more on head coaches than I do. Than I agree. Other I mean, people do. And there were more, but the Dolphins had some some people too. I mean, Jarvis Landy, they got some, they got some dudes, they got some mouths in that locker room, which is fine. But yeah, it is. You got to, you got to know kind of when to cut one loose if if it gets too bad, you know, because you got to keep the culture intact. And maybe, maybe that's what he was worried about. And Miami did come out and play a lot better down the stretch. I mean, they beat New England without him. And so maybe some of the things work. I mean, Gase brought a team to the playoffs two years ago that nobody thought was going to the playoffs. And, like, I know the AFC sucks, and so it's whatever with the five and six seeds. But, you know, and they got drilled by the Steelers without their starting quarterback. But it was, you know, it's that kind of situation where, you know, I don't, it's hard for me to say, okay, I'm totally out on Adam Gase after this year. I'm not, like, 
you know, for me and head coaches, it's always just kind of like, I don't know these guys personally. I'm not in the locker room with them, but I don't know how much like that team kind of overachieved two years ago. And so I, I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm, I'm willing to delay my judgment of Adam Gase, but I do think that the, the, the Jajaya situation, I saw people tweeting that. I don't know. I just don't, I, I think that was fine. That's worked out fine for Miami so far. I mean, we'll All see. Right, this, let's, let's, let's wrap it up with the Bengals. The Bengals offensive tackle, right? It's gotta be. I think the head coach is their top need. <laughs> well, yeah. Been that way for forever. But, I mean, offensive tackle is, I don't know. I mean, anywhere on the offense. Who's the top line. guy? Because I think Orlando Brown's probably going to end up being the top guy. Yeah. I mean, Orlando Brown, Connor Williams could be end up on the radar. Um, you know, I mean, to be honest, I think the Bengals kind of are in a nice little spot. They feel, I feel like they can almost just kind of sit pretty and take the best tackle on the board. Because, I mean, how many teams ahead of them are taking a tackle? Like I said, maybe the Raiders. But – it probably isn't going to be the 49ers. We mentioned their tackle situation. Honestly, if Jawan James resigns with Miami, which I think a lot of people think he will, it's not going to be the Dolphins with him and Tunsil on board. Um, we talked about the quarterback needs for a lot of other teams kind of overseeding that. The Bucks could be an option. The Bears could be an option, but they just re-signed Charles Leno and they still have Bobby Massey. And you know, I don't know how much how realistic that scenario would be for Chicago. Um, so, I mean, there's a couple maybes, but the Bengals are the first team you get to where you're like, if this team doesn't take a tackle, they're crazy. Or even if you mean trade back and take a tackle, because they're kind of set at receiver. They're set at running back. Dalton's the guy quarterback. Uh, you know, even if, if um, what's his name? Tight Eifert doesn't come back. Croft has played pretty well at tight end. You can find one of those guys later in the draft. Defensively, they've got talent. They've got pass rushers. You know, yes, linebacker. If Roquan Smith's on the board for whatever stupid reason at this point, that would be like the only guy I would say. But, man, I don't know. It looks like this is a team that has – I mean, four of the five offensive line spots probably need replaced, right? Bowling's your only guy that's really stood out as a strong player. Yeah, they can't pick anybody other than a trench player, I think. That's that's what I think. I think it's got to be – yeah, got to be an too, offensive lineman. It's just too steep. Right. And, they're, and they've done a decent – I mean, they've, they've spent a ton of picks on the defensive side of the ball. you got to trust these guys to do their gigs. Now, now, if it's a linebacker – you know, I know that they've had their issues there, and and that they. Even if it's linebacker, though, I just don't. I wouldn't. Yeah, I couldn't. Uh, here's the thing: unless there's a tackle that like you just hate all the tackles in the class. Yeah, sure. That would be the sure. only way I could That's justify fair. it. I think. Like, I think linebacker could be like a need for this team, maybe, but it would be very. The situations would have to be like extremely worst case scenario for them to not take an offensive lineman. Right. Yeah. Agreed. I think their situation is probably one of the more simpler ones in the first round, which is why I think they could just kind of stand pat or maybe even trade down and grab one. If, if the offensive linemen are all kind of sliding, maybe they feel like Packers aren't going to take one. They got two good tackles. We're going to Redskins aren't going to take one. They got two good tackles. We're going to bump down a couple spots. Uh, let one of these times teams like Arizona maybe jump up over us to get a quarterback or something. So that could that's how we uh, kind of see things playing out for the Bengals. We got teams 13, 14, 15, and 16 tomorrow on the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. Until then, don't go anywhere. <laughs> 